Welcome to the BWFA Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast series brought to you by Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. This podcast is informational and not a specific recommendation. Please consult with your financial advisor. Hello, and welcome to a new podcast. My name is Thad Ismort, Senior Financial Planner at Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. Today, we're going to talk about estate planning. I know there's been some podcasts and some webinars, seminars in the past that we've done about estate planning, but today I'm going to talk about what to do after you create your estate plan. It is very important to have your estate documents. I'll talk about what those are in a few minutes. But also equally important is to communicate where to find those documents, what your wishes are, talk with the people who are going to fill certain roles, make sure that they are able to health-wise, location-wise, depending on where they live in, in the country or around the world. So we're going to talk about that today, not necessarily the creation of these estate documents, but what to do after you've created them. When one passes, grieved, our loved ones could be grieving. It's going to be hard enough. You'd want to avoid these extra emotions that may come with not knowing what to do or what your wishes are, were, where to find them. Being prepared, helping them understand and be prepared is just going to be one more thing that they don't have to worry about. So we're going to talk about basics of estate planning, what types of things you should communicate to your family, talk about beneficiary designations, and how to go about updating your family on a regular basis. Now, an estate plan doesn't speak just to only your after-death wishes. It helps determine how you'll be taken care of during your life, if you're incapacitated, for example. Estate plans include powers of attorney. That's where you designate someone who can step in and take over your financial life in the event that you can't. And also someone who can make those hard to make health decisions that you will have already outlined in your documents. It can include a will, sometimes trusts. It's very complicated. I encourage you to to listen to some of our other webinars and podcasts to look into more detail about what those estate documents are. So if you haven't created a healthcare power of attorney, some of these things might be helpful for you. You want to choose somebody who's going to be the best person geographically to help you, not someone who's far away necessarily because they may not be able to get to you in time to make those health decisions that you've already outlined so they can't be your advocate. It could be your spouse, it could be your children, it could be a sibling, close friend, someone who will be able to make those decisions. Keep in mind that your decisions are already made, it's just someone who can voice them for you. While you're alive, while you're able to, you will always have control over your healthcare decisions. This is only an event that you cannot speak for yourself. Before you make anything final, you may want to talk to the person, see if they're comfortable taking on that responsibility. They don't have to. You can even put them in your documents and they're not obligated to make those healthcare decisions, which is why you want to have a backup and a backup backup in case that they can't, won't, for whatever reason, fill those shoes. You want to identify what your wishes are. Healthcare powers of attorney gives power, but not instruction. So it's important, as I mentioned, you are giving that instruction in these documents. You're just naming someone to carry out your instructions. You will establish a living will specifically for end-of-life wishes. Nobody wants to talk about it, but what happens if you're in a persistent vegetative state? You're alive, 
maybe by machines, but you can't voice your opinion. So you want to outline, do you want to be kept fed, water, pain medication, all of them, none of them. You've outlined the wishes. There's no deviation from that. The person will just carry out your wishes. And then you want to share once you've created the power of attorney and the healthcare directives and living will, share them with your doctor, your medical professionals. You can even put them on your phone so it's easy to access, but you have them there. That way you can get them in an instant. If you name someone who lives far away and they may be hesitant to fill the role of healthcare power of attorney because of that reason. Well, if you give them to your doctors, then they know who you are. They know who they are. So it may be a little bit easier if you give them to your medical professionals. When we look at financial powers of attorney, it's very similar. You want to choose someone that can be there to take care of your bills, your finances, ensure that they're on board and ready for the responsibility. It's someone that's trustworthy. The power of attorney is very powerful. If they have a durable power of attorney, not a springing power of attorney, then once that power power of attorney is in their hand, even if you're not incapacitated, they can do anything that you can do. That's why most of our attorneys and many other attorneys keep the signed document and only give it out once it's determined that you are incapacitated and cannot voice your opinion on financial matters. Again, you must, should pick someone trustworthy. It happens, hopefully not to you. I haven't seen it for our clients, but there is potential for abuse because of the powerful nature of that document. But you must keep all these documents, powers of attorney, financial, healthcare, wills, everything else in some place. You have to keep it somewhere, but you need to plan proactively should you become incapacitated so your loved ones will know where to go and not have to go through the courts. If they do that, then it's going to be a huge headache because the judge is going to appoint a conservatorship or guardianship that they think is right, which may not be the person you've outlined in your will. So make sure you indicate where your documents can be found in the event that you do become incapacitated. So how do you communicate this to your family? It happens on a spectrum. It's not one side or the other. It's not extreme, one extreme or the other extreme. Really, it's who to contact, where to find the documents, usernames and passwords, but also your values. You want to talk about what your wishes are, where your assets are going to pass if you choose to tell them this this information, but then why? Why are you choosing this? Uh, So it's up to you. It doesn't have to be one or the other, black and white. It's really what you'd like to share. So whether you fall on any of that spectrum, it's going to be your responsibility, though, to communicate that to your family. And this is why a series of regular meetings could be beneficial. You don't have to run the meetings yourself. You can use a facilitator. You can use a Baltimore, Washington financial advisor or one of our planners, myself, for example, to have a meeting And we can disclose, you can disclose as much of the information as you like. It can be, here's my nest egg. It could be just, I'm going to have you handle my finances in the event that I can't. Or contact Thad at Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. Or here's my beneficiary designations. Or just, here's what I have and here's where they are and here's where they can be found and here's how you access them. The goal of these meetings, again, is to give your family enough information just to relieve that burden minimize the chaos that could happen if something happens to you. The first thing you should do is set an agenda. For example, you could say this meeting is to talk about my estate plan. That simple. At the minimum, consider sharing where your documents are, as I mentioned, passwords, 
information for your financial advisor, estate planning attorney, CPA, other professionals, who the powers of attorney are, if they're family members, healthcare agents. You don't have to dive into the estate planning specifically, but you could tackle other topics um, like the beneficiary designations or preparing your heirs for inheritances. You could incorporate, maybe you have younger children, young adults, talk about wealth and financial planning and asset protection, what you've done. And it could be a transition to a conversation how they can prepare for their estate planning, for their retirement, for their financial situations. Now, all of this may not be feasible at once. You don't have to meet with your family and loved ones right after, immediately after you create your estate documents, but it's going to be an ongoing conversation. Uh, I can think of several instances where the children or grandchildren of a client or clients who passed away not knowing where things are. And it's a struggle because they don't know where to go to. Now, we help them, of course, as much as we can, but it's really wait to see what comes in. Oh, here's another life insurance policy we didn't know my grandfather or, or relative had. Those are the types of things that we want to make sure that our loved ones know who to contact and where to find them. In addition to your state documents, and if you listen to some of our webinars and seminars, podcasts, we've talked about a letter of instruction. This is not a legal, it can be a legal document, but we prefer it not to be a legal document. This is gonna be a document that you create, constantly update. It will contain, it should contain, usernames, passwords, all of the information needed to make your relatives, children, heirs, make their life easier. Contact THAD, BWFA, CPA, and keep this with your estate documents. If you keep it in your safety deposit box, I would discourage that unless there's a family member who is on that box with a key. Because if you pass away and there's not an authorized user, you could probably have to get a court order to open that box. It's much easier if you keep it in a, in a safe, a fireproof safe. Uh, any documents that you will need while you are alive yourself, a passport, birth certificate, you can keep those in there. But if there's a document that someone's gonna need in the event that you pass away or become incapacitated, I would not put it in a safety deposit box because it's gonna be very difficult to get. Keep it in a fireproof safe, let them know where the key is or a combination, um, but don't keep any documents that you are going to need, your heirs will need when you pass or become incapacitated because it may be hard to get. Bottom line is communication is key. Many of our clients bring in their children or loved ones, or when there's a married couple and one spouse passes away, they update their estate documents with some friends or other relatives. But while they were alive, both spouses were alive, they had each other and everybody knew each other, knew where to go and who to find things, where to find things. But when one spouse passes away, well, now there's only one spouse. So you want to make sure that whoever it is that's going to now fill your the roles of your, your deceased loved one, want to make sure that just as it was easy for you, then the heirs, the relatives that are gonna fill those roles, fill those shoes, know who to contact. So communication is key. If you're a client of BWFAs, we can always set up a meeting with your loved ones and be a part of that process. And it's going to be an ongoing process. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening. This is Thad Mark, Baltimore, Washington Financial Advisors. 
Thanks for listening. For questions, more information, or to schedule a conversation, please contact Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. Past performance is no measure or guarantee of future returns. Investing in securities involves risk, including the risk of principal. The securities and services mentioned here may not be suitable for every investor. You should discuss these with your advisor prior to making a final determination based on your risk tolerance, your investment objectives, and your financial situation. Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor.